Coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California, this is the Strings Unraveled Podcast. It felt like it's been long. <laughs> it really does, except it's really only been a month since we sat to do this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're recording this right before, like a week before Halloween. Yay. So yeah. we're very excited. We have the cutest pumpkins on our table. Mm-hmm. I love that fabric one. Who, Where did the fabric one come, come from? I made it. Oh, it's so cute. Okay. It's so cute. <laughs> Um, so what are you guys working on? Karen, what's in your hands? <laughs> well, I finished up, I had to frantically finish up the project for our, um, weekend. We have the yarn over truck coming and we've been writing patterns like crazy. And I realized when it came down to sit down and talk to everyone, I had nothing to do. So I went into the Impossible. depths of my office. You had things to do. Oh, you have many things to do, but <laughs> many things. But but to be able to just sit and knit something because I've been crocheting things like crazy and I've been photo editing and working on pattern corrections. But to just sit down and knit actually feels like an amazing thing right now. But I went into the office because I thought I've got. I can't just sit here and do nothing. I need some yarn in my hands, and I thought I will go. And find in what's in this bag this bag I haven't seen in forever oh wow there's a project I started like years ago <laughs> and so I am currently well the moment current being in the last five minutes picking up the Fair Isle pants pattern that I started and I got through the waistband and some of the striping and these look so fun these this was done originally on Hola Knits it is a pattern by Emily Ringelman called Fair Isle Pants. They look like the most comfortable things. They're done in nitpick swish worsted and they will be toasty and comfortable, but they just look amazing. Is that what that yarn is? Mm-hmm. Because that looks exact. I think those are two of the colors of my sweater. Yeah. But this is um, uh, Wool of the Andes. Oh, worsted. well, but same, I, that's but gotta same, be the same colors. Yeah, the same. Yeah, that I love this that's pumpkiny. So that's persimmon he- heather. It's persimmon and this heather. Is dove heather. I know that for sure. Just <laughs> well, this okay. Down. I don't the, know what your blues are. This one's an oatmeal because it's not actually heathered, but I wish it was because I know. And then I've got some kind of an aqua heather, and I'm doing the main thing in this really deep blue, kind of a denim color. But so it's just kind of a, it was mystery. I'm like, what is in this bag? I'm just going to grab a ba- a mystery bag of unfinished projects and grab something. And I'm like, and lucky me, the pattern was actually already printed out in, in the, the bag. Because <laughs> most of the time, if I, if I work off a Kindle or I work off a laptop, I may not even remember what that pattern was. And I would have had to go digging for it. But, you know, old me years ago thought it was a nice idea to actually have the pattern in the back what go figure nice. which is really young you <laughs> young me i was right yeah. <laughs> former me i wonder if we could figure out like just when you started it by the project bag is that like a ravelry project bag it, has, or? it is a ravelry project bag it and might have the year on it it's not 2017 <laughs> does it say oh no. oh you're right that is the established 
Well, no, this was a new one at the time. No, it's a, it, at the time, it was right after they had 2 million Ravelers oh. and counting. Someone wants They've to at least out double that, that now. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, I think it's at least 4 million at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, so this bag at least was when they were brand new to having 2 million Ravel, Ravelers. So it's been a while since you've touched that project. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Well, what's the copyright on the pattern? Is that on there? Uh, that's not on here. Uh-huh. But this was when Hole and Knits is no longer Hole and Knits on the, on the website. Am- Allison, and I can never pronounce her last name, but it's a long name that has a D and a Y and a Z and a bunch of other letters, consonants in there. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> anyway, she was, she founded Hole and Knits and she was wonderful. She gave all these uh, designers a chance to bring their unusual ideas together and I loved working I had a few things published on her website I loved working with her but I've always seen that pattern and wanted to be one of these girls in the pattern picture like clasping a cup of coffee in my mm-hmm. worst knitted pants <laughs> well look so cozy and well cute, that's Allison and that is <laughs> okay that's another designer oh, is that never not knitting no 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 Never mind. I'd like okay. to tell you in a minute. Sure. <laughs> no, you said her last name was. No, no, that yeah. Well, okay. that was Allison, but oh, in the picture, uh-huh. um, is her best friend who I don't remember her actual name, <laughs> but she goes by Odugs. Okay. O D O O G S. So if you see okay. her on Ravelry or on Instagram, she's Odugs. Okay. So. And I know, and I, I know they're sitting around in these late in these knitted leggings, drinking coffee, with their slippers on, with their slippers so on. Yeah, I'm never gonna I, live that life. I totally want that it's life. Like Ninety here. degrees. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to be in Chicago. Where well, yeah, it, at, where they're at, I'm where never it's really cold. No, I'll have to go on vacation. Yeah, go be a climate um, tourist. Yeah, like some people are climate tourists for heat. Let's go be climate tourists for the cold. Let's let's do an Iceland trip just Mac so we can it. have a reason to wear our knits. Yes. Yep. I'm and on, so I'm we okay. Yep. So we will. You know, some people have the Rhinebeck sweater. We're going to make our fair isle pants. Fair isle pants. Oh, we are? <laughs> sure. Yes, we yes. are. I heard, I heard you pants. off air tell me you wanted these. So. Nope, no, that, that was, was me. I, I want them. I'm never going to make them, but I want them. Yeah. Oh, so Karen's going to make us <laughs> Everybody our wear. Pants. I'll send you the colors that I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't I'll leave it by the yarn. Yeah. No, I don't think I, I won't. I could. I know, right? She might. I could. Okay. You know what? That that's that's Christmas, that's 2019. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, not no, devoting that much time to your no, Christmas presents. No, 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 no. Um, uh, maybe we could trade travel where Karen will make us the Fair Isle pants, and I'll make like some mitts. <laughs> I don't really think that's, that's equal same. knitting. You need like well, twelve mittens to make up more than that to make up a pair of pants. Okay, let's just say I want as many mittens as it would mine? take to cover my legs, <laughs> <laughs> and that would be equal. Okay, Stephen, yeah, I still Stephen haven't West. picked up this knitting. We're just talking, and I'm still it's still sitting here. Stephen West has just designed the mitten pants while we were talking. About yeah, them. right. He's been thinking about it for the last. Year. And we're like see the Ravelry next tomorrow, week. yeah. Oh my god, that would be awesome. <laughs> I want him to do that. Yeah. That would be so cool. <laughs> well, it would be something. <laughs> um, I am working on a hat for my husband, who my dear dear husband, who has a twenty-five and a quarter inch head. 
So every hat for him is custom. I did go looking on Ravelry for a pattern, but none of them that met my stitch gauge were going to work for um, his enormous head. So I'm just doing like a five by five rib um, out of this yarn that we got while we were in Switzerland. It's a Lang yarn because Lang seemed to be everywhere of the three um, shops we went to. Lang Yarns Merino Plus, fine, Merino Fine Superwash. It's 90 meters for 50 grams and it's really um, energetically, like so tightly spun and it has, I think it's like eight ply. It looks mm -hmm. like a lot of ply. I mean, it I'm so exaggerating. Squishy. It's four double plies plied That's together. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> four times two. I can do the maths. It's so springy and fantastic. And it's in his favorite color purple, which is a, like a really rich royal purple. Um, I had been trying to trick him into buying this royal blue that I was obsessing about. Like, would you like me to make you a hat in this gorgeous, chunky royal blue? Even in though this that color is not, that I like? Yeah, that is not your color at all. <laughs> Instead, he chose like um, a turquoise kind of, um, that's sort of like the shark's color, which is why he chose it for the San Jose Sharks. And then he was wandering around the store and he found this gorgeous purple in their clearance bin. It was 30% nice. off. So we bought both. Course. Of course. So uh, he needs two hats. Yes. So that, and then I'm working on um, a crocheted cowl out of Karen's pattern, which Yay! is, what is it called? San Simeon? San Simeon Cove. What was Coming it? Coming out on Ravelry <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, yeah, by the time you hear this, it will already be It'll already be out. Yep. Yeah. And hopefully some patterns. And a whole collection. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to start your brioche cowl. That is very nice. I want I just to make some, another one. It was really fun. Yeah, I just bought yarn for it. I got um, <gasps> like a, it's out of the... The good wool that you can buy at Michael's, it's... Um, Is it patents? Patents, yeah. The patents wool in this, like, cool, warm... Sort of like the name you gave the dove, yeah. heather dove. It's sort of like that, but a little more red tone and then, like, a burgundy heather. Ooh, it's, I can't wait. That sounds fun. I can't wait. I'd be casting on right now, except it's in the car. And this thing was in my project bag, so... I think when the yarn over truck comes, I'm going to buy one of those laces to look at it. Ooh, that'll be so pretty. Mm -hmm. So Katie designed a really gorgeous brioche cowl that has um, these really pretty brioche leaf motifs. It's kind of almost of a, like a cable-y thing. Yeah, like a... Like a DNA matrix, kind too. of. That's, like, that's another. Yeah. It's got a lot of. It's called twists. a double warped cowl. It's gorgeous. And why? Do you have any particular reason? Because I thought uh, it was a really interesting name. I know. I just struggled to come up with a name and thought that sounded cool. We all struggled. I was with trying names. to think of a name that was like twisted or cabled, but not either of those words. Yeah. So that's what I came up with. I sometimes the thesaurus lets me down. Thesaurus <laughs> let me down today until it didn't, because then I was like. Okay, none of these words are cool, but I like radiance because my crocheted shawl mm -hmm. has like this really pretty, um, like sunshine ray shell on it. Mm -hmm. And it was like radiance. How many things are called radiant or radiance on mm -hmm. Ravelry? Lots. A fair amount, <laughs> not an insane amount, like only one page per. Uh -huh. um, radiant had more than radiance. Radiance only had like one page of stuff. But, um, then I search names that mean radiance. Oh, that's a good oh, idea. Oh, is that yeah, Because that's, that's a really cool name. Aoani, which is Hawaiian Aonani. for, yeah, that's it. Hawaiian for beautiful light. 
That sounds lovely. That is really lovely. So there's I li- my pattern naming trick like for it. the next I like, used, 10 years. I used the same thing for my animal hats. I was like, I yeah, need a name for animal. I looked up animal in Japanese because they kind of reminded me of like a cute kawaii mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And animal wasn't a good enough word, but mammal translates as hani yurumi. Which okay. I was like, that sounds like a mouthful, but I asked James if he liked it, and he was like, that sounds great. And I was like, Hani Yurumi hat? Yes. He got, like, the double H, so that's what I yes. called it. It's, so I don't know cute. if I'm saying that right, but... Well, in Japanese, it's sort of like um, Spanish, that once you learn the vowel sounds, you say all the Hani sounds. Hani Yurumi. There's no M in it. Hani Yurumi. Yeah. yeah. You say all the vowel sounds, like, all the sounds of the word, like, yeah. in Spanish. Which is why I thought learning Japanese might be cool someday, because it seems approachable. Um, My son took Japanese at VC. Nice. Yeah, they don't that teach seems it like anymore. a hard language to learn. If you want to learn an Asian language, it's supposed to be the most pro- approachable. Mm. Korean's also supposed to be pretty approachable because the symbols are more graphic. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm knitting a hat and I'm making Karen's cowl. Cool. Sam Simeon, and I can't wait to start Katie's cowl because in the winter I wear cowls all the mm-hmm. time because yeah. it is freezing in my office. It tucks into your jacket yeah. and then you don't have to worry about like sometimes when you wear scarves they shift and they become uneven and that kind of bugs me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm that kind of person. It's just easy to put on a cowl and they you look don't pretty. Have to think about it, yeah. It's almost like knitted jewelry yep. or crocheted jewelry. Um, how about you, Katie? What you got over there? Um, the last. I think all of the episodes that we've filmed so far, I've mentioned that I was still working on my Tecumseh sweater. I have finished my Tecumseh sweater since Ooh, last we spoke. Yeah. And I also finished the sweater I was working on last time we were You're recording. Like a sweater beast. I mm-hmm. have made a lot of sweaters this year, I've realized, and awesome. that's really not like me. Um, but and you're I, not tired yet. No, I was like, what sweater am I going to make next? I'm going to shop for yarn when we go to Stitches Yay. for another one. Um, but I finished my go-to raglan by Stephen West and it is in all of my scrap yarns. It was the most fun project I've knit in a long time. It is like a thousand colors but I love it and it was easy and enjoyable and I want to make another one. I, I threw all my fingering weight scraps in a bag and I knew I had enough by weight to make the sweater and I thought that bag would look a lot more empty when I was done, but it's still like <laughs> half full. So I'm pretty sure I can make another one of them. But wow, I'm probably not going to. But um, not in that yarn. I am making another one in. Um, we did a special Kickstarter reward for hand dyed yarn that's kind of in our studio colors. So it's blues and teals and orange and yellows and stuff like that. Uh, it's called what is it called? Sunshine and sea foam and, sea foam sunshine. and sunshine. Sea foam and sunshine. And I have a sweater's worth, so I cast on for another go-to raglan with that held double-stranded. And that is what I'm working on right now. Um, I want to shop when we go to Stitches SoCal um, for yarn for, what's her name? Boyland Networks, Caitlin Hunter. Another one. Another one of her patterns called the Umpqua, U-M-P-Q-U-A, Umpqua. What does that one look like? It is, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's knit bottom up and it's, uh, like a color work yoke, but the body and the sleeves are plain and then it's got like a three color color work yoke on the top, kind of like in like an arrow kind of design, which I think is a good idea to do it bottom up because then you're saving like the carrot for the end Mm -hmm. to do all the color Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. because otherwise I'd get bored with the body and not want to finish it. Um, but I might shop for that when we go to stitches. And other than that, I was working on samples for our pattern release. And I think that's about all. I 
have made a list of the sweaters that I have yarn for yeah. recently, and competing with the list of Christmas presents I want to make. Mm -hmm. And um, there's like nine sweaters <laughs> that I have yarn for that I like actively want to make and finish. Yeah. So I probably am not allowed to shop for sweaters amounts buy sweater of, yarn. Amounts of yarn. In fact, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to buy. <laughs> but what I have, want? I have my eye on something. <laughs> I have purposely not looked at the vendor list because then I won't worry about missing anything. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to be surprised when I get there. And every day I'm, I'm like, so, I could just go peek, but I haven't looked so yet. So when I'm there on Thursday night, you don't want me to take sneak peek pics and nope, send them to you? then I'll be sad if I miss something yeah. when I'm there Saturday. I don't know about that. I have to think well, just about the, it. It's just the picture of the vendor, not necessarily no, the goods. Because no. I already looked at the list. Oh, yeah, I haven't well, looked at the list. I so I haven't yet. I there's like to. maybe one thing that I saw on Jimmy Beans that if they have there, I might ask you to buy there. Yeah. If it's just there on Thursday. Sure yeah. They they put up a picture of the cutest travel case for yarn. Oh. Did you guys see that? No. <laughs> it's like a tiny little train case with a special size of their like snap bags. Um, and it's, you know, you could probably jam a sweater What in there. was the name of that again? I don't remember. <laughs> you guys have to look at what Jimmy Bean's Namaste travel train case is. Oh. I mean, that might be what it's called. It's by Namaste. And I it saw might be an called the train that. case. Yeah. It was on a recent post. They because said they so, might they be. They said Namaste is back. Yeah. They said they that. might be bringing I'm really it excited. to stitches. Um, and then I looked at their stitches ad on the stitches booklet that uh -huh. you download or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's. Namaste featuring and Jimmy Beans oh. like was little in the ad. So I totally forgot about if Namaste. anyone, if anyone, it's my favorite or needle organizer. Hmm. Well, I had I've had two Namaste bags that I used as purses, and I used them for years. It took years before they wore out. They were a wonderful brand, and they're uh, made here in America. And they're for made those, here in Southern California. In, in actually in the Valley, yeah, <laughs> in San Fernando Valley. Yeah, or they were. I don't know whether if if they're if they've because they stopped they closed for a while and I guess now they're back. Mm. But for people who want a really good looking leather like bag yeah, that is vegan that's vegan that, that where there's no animal product whatsoever and yet they're very stylish and they they're very hard wearing. I cannot recommend Namaste enough. I'd be interested to see what like styles they have nowadays. Like yeah. if they're coming back slow or if they I have a whole know. range of stuff. But I want that train case. That's cool. So if you see that I think I want either the pink or the dark teal. <laughs> so if it looks like people are doing a mad rush, you might want me to pre yeah, buy and yeah, pay. And just pay back. Just in case. Or That's all. But otherwise, no, don't show me anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Except XYZ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just that one thing. Just, just that X. one thing. Just yeah. that one. Um, cool. Yeah. Sweaters are great, though. I'm yeah. impressed with your sweater outfit this year. I am, too. <laughs> I And, you know, bottom up. I'm really enjoying that. Really. I really love bottom-up sweaters because yeah. you can take the sleeves with you mm -hmm. and they're like small little projects. Mm -hmm. Not everything's attached until the very end. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like once you join the sleeves, it's like almost done. Yeah. It like goes fast when yes. you're decreasing. Yes. I'm a big fan. I'm working on the cardig the Florence Cardigan. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. That I might not what, be what it's called. I think that's what it's called. Okay. It's, I'm having a great, great joy in working in it. It's turned by... What are they called? Quince. Quince and Co. Thank you. Quince Delicious yarn. I don't so amazing. Oh, it's wonderful. It's um American wool and a little twenty five percent silk and Ooh. it's just delightful. Um anyway, so I finished both my sleeves and I can't yeah. wait to cast on the body so that I can And that's how I keep sleeves from being kryptonite is the bottom of sleeve. You do it first. Yeah. That's um, a good tip.
What's our topic for today? So today we are talking about travel projects, um, travel, knitting, sewing, crocheting, whatever. When you know you're going to go someplace. How do you plan your projects? Yeah. What are things you like to make? Do you have any fun travel project stories? Karen, would you say that you're like a planner for your trips? Um, I plan projects before I ever pack a bag. Oh yeah, I think we all probably <laughs> so, do. So <laughs> clothing in a bag goes goes in like at like 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. the night before we're about to leave in a few hours. But weeks in advance is when I start thinking, what am I going to take? And the hardest thing is not taking too much. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. You're like, <laughs> I'm gone for three days. I better pack four projects yes. just in case I finish them all. Oh, I've never done that. One's a shawl. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Two pairs of socks. Yep. I need a suitcase just for my what projects because there's going to be so much time. You know, it doesn't matter that I'm going to travel and see some amazing sights. My knitting's going with me. And okay. So when we went to Montana, I did narrow it down to two projects and I did work on those projects and I made mistakes and ripped most of them out, but I had an, I even, one of them was something I was designing. So I was even designing on the road, but that was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, you can't focus on the majestic scenes around you. If you're trying to figure out stitch counts and how to mathematically make them work, it's just not the right time to design. Now, if that's to say, not to say that if you, go someplace and you um, see something that inspires you, you should just sketch a note to yourself or sketch. A lot of times I see stuff and I might want to just sketch sketch a quick picture to remind myself later. But um, yeah, I, the biggest problem is overestimating how much downtime Mm -hmm. you're really going to have. You can choose to on that red eye flight to forget sleeping (laughs) and try to get something done. Or you can just say, okay. I mean, there's reasons why you're supposed to have small project bags when you travel. (laughs) Small project bags are made for a reason. Well, that's so you can just carry the part you're working on and that current ball. Yeah. That's not like to mean that you pack a few projects. (laughs) (laughs) I think as like knitters and crocheters, we always do that. Like think about what we're going to knit before anything else of course. and I definitely overpack and even like on recent trips like when we were in Ireland or when we went to Vietnam last year I packed one project because I had limited space and I brought a pair of socks to work on because I was like I don't know how much time I'll have I might knit on the airplane and I did not knit a single stitch on either of those trips <laughs> yeah not a single one and it was fine like I didn't feel guilty about it I saw yeah. them in my bag and I was like meh Yep. I slept on the airplane and I was doing mm-hmm. other things and every once in a while I'd think like, oh, I could take my project out or I could just not. Yep. In it's okay to also not. In Switzerland, I carried my project everywhere on that trip. I carried it to Rome and I, when I still had hope that I would finish the edging on this shawl, that I only got the short edge done in four days. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if, I should have just been honest with myself and bound it off. And blocked it at home and yeah. carried it with me, finished, and, and not have messed with it. 
Um, but I like to, of course, we go yarn shopping when we're traveling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I don't want to work on the thing I brought. No. I want to cast it. Like, yeah. I bought the, I bought, I'll buy needles while I'm there yep. and I will want to cast on that thing then. So, um, I bought this really cool hot pink yarn, um, also mm -hmm. by Lang, because that seems to be the main yarn company <laughs> that end of the world. There's Katya and Lang were the things I saw. Um, anyway. And so I started knitting this, this scarf for my mom for Christmas out of this delicious hot pink. Um, so it had a purpose. Yeah. But I, I wanted to work on the new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you always want to work on so the new I, stuff. So I often find myself overpacking. Mm -hmm. I don't plan. Clothes are really important to me. So I probably think about my clothes before I think really? about my, my project. Because I know I ha I'll have something in the works to bring with me. Yeah. But then I'll pack like three or four other things that I've been, been intending to start or I'm in the midst of. And I'm like, I'll force myself to work on this. Um, but then. That usually doesn't work out for me. The force no. yourself to do something. No. Like I'm only going to bring this one project that I have to finish. And I'm then like, you, I'm not going to do you anything. You absolutely will not knit no. on that trip. <laughs> I've learned because that that does not work. As soon as you force yourself it's no longer fun you just turn something fun into a job yeah and that's and who wants to do a do job at home yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i yeah, i usually that. think of my clothes first mm. <laughs> um but we you know we go to portland every year which is a mecca for gorgeous yarn shops and so i'm always buying something that attracts me there they i've also packed my sewing machine and brought my sewing machine on longer trips wow. to portland which my mother-in-law were going to be in one place yeah we were going to be at my in-laws house for 10 days and it was near the holidays and i had things to work on so <laughs> and you had that, space there to work on them? that just yeah. might make things easier <laughs> and i've gone bead shopping up there because they have some excellent bead shops and then i want to work on whatever bead you know yeah. i like peyote stitching stuff and it's fun to go and i probably should stop packing projects yeah that is an interesting take you could, you could also take is like look and see if there are going to be yarn shops where you're going mm -hmm. and if there are then just don't bring anything yeah i mean Treat maybe yourself. something to work on in transit yeah but because uh, something simple yeah, I can't imagine if you had a, if you got stuck on a really long layover. Yeah, last spring I went to Texas, mm -hmm. and originally my cousin and my aunt were going to be because they were flying in from the East Coast, and we were going to meet each other in Dallas, and they were going to be there waiting for me. But mm -hmm. their flight got delayed by five hours. Ooh. I had five, and by the time I got there, I don't know if you've been to the Dallas airport, but. They shut down <laughs> all their food places pretty early on. So if I hadn't had my knitting to do, I would have been about as anxious as a toddler, mm -hmm. you know, a toddler who had to pee really badly. But, <laughs> but five hours extra gave me yeah. time. And at that point, I only I was I I had only planned one one travel project. I um, always regret having towed around things I don't work on. Yeah. So I guess I should work on that. And um, But I have gone on a trip and run out of knitting. So um, when I was a very new knitter. It makes knitter, me fearful. Yeah. <laughs> it was about 15 years ago. I went to visit a friend um, in Michigan. And I was a newer knitter. So I only brought plain knitting with me. Oh, and we go to Michigan. And it snows on us in April. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I need some knitting. Yeah. It's snowing around me. So, you don't get that chance very no. often. No. So, we had to go yarn shopping, <laughs> buy some yarn in Detroit. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, 
So, you know, oh, you could run out of projects if yeah. you don't pack enough projects. And, I'm probably yeah. not going to change my ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of worked for you all these years, so. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It also depends on the kind of trip it is. Like, yeah. if it's a, you know, if you know you're going to be spending time with people and yeah. hanging out at, like, homes and stuff, then you probably have more opportunity to knit, I would guess, than if you were doing a bunch of active stuff. And yes. Going places and seeing sites and all that. Yep. Although... I did hike in Montana mm-hmm. with my knitting. What, what project were you working on then? On that one, I think I just brought a small pair of socks. Something small that I could, that was like a one ball that could hang in a, off your wrist in a bag, mm-hmm. a small bag. Uh-huh. Um, obviously nothing that you're going to have. Whatever you hike in with, you have to hike back with. So mm-hmm. you don't want anything. Yeah. I've never hiked, like, knitted and, like, actively hiked, but I have brought knitting on backpacking trips before. And that's a good, like, socks are perfect for that because Mm -hmm. they're small and they don't take up very much room at all. I always like a simple hat. Yep. Oh, yeah, hats are great, too. They have endless possibilities. Hats are great, but they don't take much time. That's true. So you have to bring multiple hats. Yes. (laughs) We're back to the root of the problem. (laughs) Socks are good because they usually give you a little bit more time, but even then. Well, next time you're going down a path, um, even if it has some kind of an incline, you will be surprised how impressed the people around you are <laughs> that, oh my gosh, how, how are you doing that? Not tripping over your feet. Well, well I it, really, I have to do it to not <laughs> trip over my feet. It's <laughs> what balances me. Yeah. Knitting really improves all things that make me. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I'm also, better. Disclaimer, if you're hiking the woods and you fall, it's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> disclaimer approved. Yeah. Um, crocheting is also great for taking on the go because there's only one hook mm-hmm. to worry about. Yes. Yeah, so ah. yeah. I have lost a needle before. And you're before stranded. I, yeah. Especially I have lost double pointed needles easily. Hooks oh. are easy to replace too. True. Because they don't, they, you know, you could go buy a cheap yeah. one from yep. Walmart if you needed to. Yep. That is true. Um, but if you make a mistake in crochet and... Don't ask. You can ask Karen's me later. Feeling how a I little know. bitter today because <laughs> of some recent mistake. <laughs> feeling Let's a little burned. <laughs> I had to rip a second half of a project out like five times, but the sixth time it was good. But it was much easier to rip out than if you had knitted that project. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if I had knitted, I could have found the mistake, dropped down, and fixed it. Oh well, yeah. One of no. True. One of those I would have had to still rip way back. <laughs> But, so I was like, well, that that is a, a difference in that crochet, you can't just drop a section down, fix right. it, and work it back up. But if, if your you crochet make, hook falls out of your project, it's not as bad as if your crochet hook falls no, out it of doesn't. Your, your knitting needles fall out of your project. That is true. If your crochet hook falls out of your knitting project, you need to get more organized. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I brought my crochet hook, but I don't have my knitting needles with me. Guess you're going to crochet those socks. (laughs) Have you guys ever made crocheted socks? No. I haven't. I started them. Yeah. I haven't finished them. No. And then I ripped them out only because... To knit them. I haven't gotten the... They're supposedly faster, but they're not if you know... If you are more intuitive to knitting socks. And they they are a lot more stiff. They make good hiking socks, actually. Yeah, and I hate I'm single sure crochet. I bet you could half double them. Probably. If your hook is small enough, I bet you could. Um, but I bet they're good hiking socks, speaking yeah. of hiking. So you put like a boot liner in there and you have the padding of the crocheted that sock. I bet, that's, I bet that's good. Um, 
Yeah, I like to travel. I like to do yarny things. Um, I don't do a lot of sewing on trips, but I did get half. If I wanted to do handwork, I had an injury when we went to Hawaii where knitting wasn't going to be possible. Mm. And so I hand sewed some pillowcase dresses for my daughter and nieces, and they were so cute. How do you travel with sewing projects? I always worry about getting through the airport with... You know, I bought all the stuff in Hawaii, but I was just, and I was just, I was just hand sewing. So it was like literally a needle and thread. Yeah. And you could... Can you take like a sewing kit, like a little yeah. cheap sewing kit on yeah. a sewing machine? Because remember we got those cute little fox ones. Oh yeah. yeah. I got that one. Yeah. And someone recently, oh, Super Buzzy carries those. Yes. And I highly recommend them because the one one of the downsides of having everything, all your good materials and stuff at the studio is that when you're at home twenty miles away, yeah. it's <laughs> not so convenient. You don't but have that thing. <laughs> I that's why I kept one of those little if you're not what we're talking about there's a fox it's there's looks like a little fox face bag and you open it up and it's a sewing kit with needles and scissors and uh, tapestry little bits of thread little bits of thread little bits of everything but it makes for a really great I realize if I was traveling I would want that in my bag. Yeah. yeah. Because that's why hotel rooms have sewing kits. <laughs> and I put that to use. Like yeah. last, you know, we I live in a place where I have all these sweaters and I never get to wear them. And last spring I, I went to I went to Texas where the average daily temperature was still below freezing. Mm. And it was great until I realized that all these sweaters that I put them on and they they had little itty bitty buggy holes. Oh, because uh, you hadn't worn them. Because I hadn't worn them, and you know I didn't get to enjoy them, but the bugs did. <laughs> Lucky bugs. But I went down to the hotel concierge, and I was willing to like here here's some money. Let me let me pay you for something like that. And he's like, no, no, they ha- hotels have those kits, and yep. it was great because they give you little samples of different colored threads. So I just worked and darned my, darn I darned them after I stopped cursing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of sewing and traveling, um, my grandparents travel in their RV a lot. And I don't know if my grandma still does, but when I was younger, I remember she had a small featherweight that was hand cranked oh, in her um, camper. And I remember sitting in her camper using her little hand crank sewing machine. There's a picture of me in my office mm-hmm. that she brought to me making like little headbands and stuff with her little oh, hand crank sewing cute, machine. How cute little Katie was. <laughs> I mean, I was like a teenager, so I wasn't as cute. Still oh, pretty, you're still pretty <laughs> cute though. We've seen the picture. Um, yeah, it's true. But yeah, then I thought that was so smart because you don't need to plug it in. And yeah. It was like a little mini sized machine and it was so cute. And she was like, oh yeah, I have my sewing. She probably has like a full on real sewing machine in her yeah. RV too, I bet. But <laughs> They are the cutest little machines. And little workhorses. Yep. Um, yeah, so I've done a little hand sewing on trips. My mom was a bit, like, her entree into quilting was hand piecing mm. stuff together. Mm. And so she always had, like, a little travel bag of whatever little quilting project she was piecing. My um, mom's friend Gladys is a multi-craftual woman. Mm-hmm. So she, when we travel with her, she either has little tiny like Irish crochet motifs that she works on. Oh my goodness. Or she's hand sewing bags like little ditty bags out of linen Uh because she does this I can't Mm. remember what it's called now but she does this like outdoor adventure thing where you go into the woods and you live like it's Oh like the little treasure 
geocaching. No, it's no? like a, it's like a, I think it's called Rendezvous is the so event. Like a survivalist kind of thing? It's kind of, but it's like back in the day, like in the 1800s, you pretend like it's ancient technology, <laughs> you go into the woods, you have to like live like no technology, so okay. she buys like old linen pieces and pieces them into little bags and stuff like that. So she's always has like pulling out these little bags of things and linen to hand sew and she's always working on something like that. So she is a very good travel yeah travel crafter. and she travels all the time. That's she's never awesome. home. That's awesome. Hmm. So I think that's about how we handle travel. Yeah. Knitting. I don't think travel we have, crafting. We don't have set rules. I think we just <laughs> I always bring what moves me. Yeah. Like, and that's, I'm planning my outfits months ahead, but I'm not planning my projects because mm. I, I have to go with what moves me at the time. Yeah. And sometimes I'll have an idea of what I want to bring and then that's weeks ahead. And then by the time he gets here, I'm like, oh, I don't care about that thing anymore. I'm going to bring whatever. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'll just bring needles and yarn and figure something out. Yeah. I have <laughs> learned, though, keeping it simple is pretty key. Yeah. Um. I packed, I did underpack another time and I ended up sitting in a dark, um, or, you know, hall or whatever. And I couldn't work on the thing I was doing cause it was color pooling lace. Oh, that doesn't oh. sound fun. No, <laughs> no, just, just sat and listened. Lace. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> that doesn't work well for traveling, I bet. I was real jealous of the uh, fellow knitter who was sitting next to me who had um, an all stockinette project that she had bought on the way. I also get car sick so I can't always knit in the car or work on I can't do anything in the car except look oh, out wow. the window most of the time so traveling like I could knit on an airplane but pretty much other than that I don't knit a whole lot in the car sometimes I do if it's like garter stitch and I can look out the window or stockinette or something but it has to be very simple yeah So our question to end our episode with, um, pull it up, is from Cheryl, and she asked, instead of weaving in ends, do you ever not glue the knot and then cut the ends rather than weaving them in, especially on very open drapey patterns or with linen or cotton yarns mainly? So what do you guys think? Have you ever done that? It was a real interesting question, and I sort of digested it uh, upon hearing it initially. I suppose you could use like a fabric tack, like and a you freight would, check. Yeah, and you, but I, I mean, those things wear off. So I just, first of all, I don't trust knots. Uh -huh. I say to people, knots are like nails in furniture making. They are not trustworthy. They're not the thing that holds it together. You know, you need to weave in your ends for the, to be the glue and pressure that holds a fine piece of furniture together. Like weave your ends in. So <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be able to handle just gluing. No, not that would make me nervous. And then I don't trust knots. So even in an open drapey item, like you have to follow the fabric and find a way to weave in your ends. Yeah. Something I've suggested but never ever done, and I, I'm curious to know if you guys have done it, is I've thrown the idea out there that you could take matching sewing thread mm -hmm. and tack and the very, down. after weaving in, mm -hmm. the very end tail. Like, what, what do you think about gluing or knotting, Karen? The idea of gluing scares me, but it depends on the object. There's some objects I'm going to launder more. I worry more about the glue... It, over time, d um, 
dissolving in la- in the laundering mm-hmm. process. Flaking off. Flaking off. Well, mm-hmm. coming apart. I've, But, it. I mean, it depends on the object. If there's an object that I'm going to really wear a lot and I'm going to need to launder it, then I think gluing it maybe initially, but, like, I like your idea with um, a coordinating sewing thread, tacking it down. And the reason why, if you do the sewing thread, it's thinner than your yarn, so it's not going to show up as much. Mm-hmm. And I've it's to me, it's a similar idea where if you have a maybe you had you cut your ends too short, and you can only weave them in even as it is a, a, maybe a, an inch, and it's not far enough. Or if you had um, thread that kind of came apart. You know, I've had that happen. Like maybe you had a knot in the yarn that you trusted, and then in laundering, the the knot came undone. Yeah. If you tack that with a sewing thread, then you're not adding bulk, mm-hmm. but then you're not. Um, it's, it's just not gonna disintegrate when you wash it's it. It's not gonna disintegrate. It's just. I mean, maybe, level I'm sure of, there are fabric glues that don't or claim that they don't. You know that they'll last forever, but I. Do you want to risk it? it? No, I was, I was saying I wouldn't well, trust probably it. Much when like, you're wearing it. Much like the softer your yarn, the more it's going to pill and yeah. and give up its fiber. Probably the more reliable the glue, the less happy you're going to be with probably. the texture. At least. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I have never I have never even considered doing that. Um, I'm sure there have been some inventive ways that we've hidden ends. Like, I have tied knots and left dangling long threads behind and then I just lined it there like, you go <laughs> I, did, I did some custom well it's gonna be lined no one's ever gonna yeah. see it anyway so it, I just did it, some happy knots it was a stocking yeah lots of ends and then I just um lined like, it. like a there Christmas stocking or like a sock sock <laughs> 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 it was a Christmas stocking <laughs> oh yeah no one's gonna wear that so yeah, and that's not going to get washed. You don't I mean, even have there to. Are weird people that in wash that case, stockings. you don't have to weave any ends. That's in. their problem. Santa's beard is ruined, then, <laughs> which was Angora. Oh yeah, that's, that's that would be sad. Any what is? Have you guys had some like sneaky ways that you've hidden your ends other than the conventional? My favorite thing is when you're oh. making like a toy or something, and you could just stick your needle through it and yeah. pull it through, and not yet have to weave anything in. Ooh, eye cords. Hiding your ends in the Oh, that's so easy. Mm-hmm. You just send it right up the two. Oh, I will say in my... Um, in seams. Yeah, seams are a great place to hide ends. In the sweater that I just, just finished that was in like a thousand yarns. And I... Wait, I didn't even think about your ends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> One of the people, someone on Instagram was like, what about all the ends? And I was like, eh, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> and I uh, did that technique where you weave in the ends as you knit. Yeah. Um which I think I did a video on back in the Anacapa days. So yeah. if you were, you could Google search how to do it. Basically you're like holding the tail end over the needle as you knit and it kind of captures it like you're capturing a float in Fair Isle. So I did that for all of the ends pretty much in that project. Wow. So then by the end, all I had to do was just snip them all. That's fantastic. It was so easy. As and as that doesn't work in every project. It works well in, it kind of disrupts the texture of it, but that yeah. had so much going on that it didn't matter. It would work fine in something like garter stitch, but it doesn't Stop, work well in everything. Not, not in stock. No. In the sweater, it, you it did because it was fine. Section. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it for everything. Well, you're only dropping one strand of, out of three at a time, right? So I was knitting two strands at a time, two. and I was weaving them in as one. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Well, if I'm doing, like, a blanket, 
Like I've done intarsia, I've done an intarsia type blanket. My kids were already grown, but I wanted to do this landscape. Oh, it was yeah. like a play mat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I felt like if you really use it as a play mat, all those ends were going to get worn. And they had one section that is like a railroad track. And there's a ton of ends. And I started weaving those in and got very worn out by weaving in ends. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put some batting behind this. Nice. And I'm going to put just some some fabric behind this. And I'm going to quilt this blanket. Go. And no one will see those ends for a million years. The same thing is lining it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Do you guys do anything special for, like, bamboo or cotton or slippery yarns? Do you treat those any differently? I just weave in a lot. Or yeah. um, because weaving in the ends is so challenging. Mm-hmm. I find myself planning ahead with um, doing a Russian join. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and that that name gets assigned to a few different techniques but the one that I like mm. is because I've seen people say that but do different things than I do. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so okay. what I do when I say Russian join is you know I thread it in the new end into a tapestry needle and then I just sew it like a running stitch in and out of the old end yeah. and then I pull the needle out and then pull it kind of like a Chinese finger trap and, and stuck together. Voila. And then you just trim That's the That's the only one yeah. I know. Well, I've seen another one where you fold over the two ends and then, oh, you, and then you sew weave it them into, into itself. I've seen that yeah. too. But that's... You like loop your two ends like that and then you weave it into itself. Like imagine folding oh, the two ends. Oh, that's what I thought you were talking about. No, yeah. I take the raw end and I yeah. running stitch the new one through the raw strand of yarn. So, so got it's more like they're gripping yeah. Yeah. Armed, arm over arm yeah, like, like, like I dream of genie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Like that, exactly. Like that. Instead of linked arms sewn into each other. Oh, see, yeah. I thought you were talking about linked arms. I've done so the linked arms, but there's a little bit of a bulk where the link is. Then that's almost like a knot and you know how I feel about that. And so like I've done that with those difficult plant fibers or slinky fibers in planning ahead to not have to deal with weaving mm-hmm. in their ends. And um, especially if it's something that has a seam that makes everything so much easier. Yeah, seams are the best. If. I used that Russian join when I had to graft two ha- blanket halves together and that's way too much yarn to have oh, in Oh yeah. You joined your sewing thread to itself. That's I did cool. that. I did that because when I tried to um was the word what's the word when I tried to just leave ends that woven later they just weren't as strong mm-hmm. oh because you were grafting yeah but I could see with your grafting join would be better in that situation because it would add a lot of strength it's to very the strength to the grafting if it was something yeah. delicate then yeah. it would probably wouldn't work as yeah. well but and also um Spit splicing. Spit splice is the best. Oh, and it doesn't work on slinky yarns, but yeah. well, this the re- that's what I was gonna say. It's I tried to spit splice, but it was just when you're trying to graft you with, the, with the bulk oh, yeah, of it. That ugh. sounds no. hard. It gross. But silk <laughs> behaves similar to wool mm-hmm. and appreciates. So if you have like a little silken wool in there, whatever else is will will yeah. play along. Oh, um, good to know. Isn't, it, isn't the rule like 70%? 70% non-superwash animal fiber. But like Silk Garden, I think it's only 50%. But it's also mohair and silk. Mohair and silk, yeah. So the silk behaves like... It's all animal fiber. Yeah. Well, in a <laughs> sense, yeah. So my most favorite um, swirl sweater is 17 balls of Noro Silk Garden with like three ends at the end. Nice. It was delightful. That's awesome. I only had to weave in where I actually had to cut and rejoin. 
Um, another little mini question somebody asked me is, do you weave in your ends after you've blocked your project? This is a question for the ages. I always vote for weave in your ends, leave them long, block it, and then trim them afterwards. Oh, what a diplomatic answer. <laughs> I don't <laughs> always do that. I usually just leave them all hanging out and then weave them in after I've blocked. But it probably would look neater if you wove them in, left them long. Yeah. Locked it and then trimmed that's, it. That's a good, like, yeah, that's a good balance. I let the project kind of, it's project end mood, to be honest, yeah. dictate what I do. If it's lace, I generally weave it in after. Mm -hmm. If it's garter stitch or something solid or a sweater, I weave it in before. Um, do you feel that it changed, those areas where it's woven in behave differently? They could, and that's why I don't do it on lace because I want to stretch the snot out of lace. So yeah. I don't want anything getting in it's my way of exploiting afterwards. that. You know, okay, so I gotta share a story. Uh, Anna and I did a trip years ago <laughs> to, to, to Stitches West, West yeah. and we had we had had no sleep. Literally, we had no sleep. We had a little bit. Of okay, sleep. one hour. Literally, <laughs> I, only one hour before I, we I got think on we the road. An hour and a half between us. Between, oh, yeah. yeah, a cumulative hour and a half. <laughs> so we might suffer from a little travel anxiety. It's a shame. And our first, our first uh, class we took together with my, uh, Myrna, Myrna Woods? Myra Woods. Myra Woods on lace. Yes. Great teacher. Great, great teacher. I don't know that story. <laughs> and, I and wasn't we, there for this. And we each, I wasn't invited to this and, trip. And we each Somebody might. Somebody had to stay back in the yard. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to work. We each might have nodded off. Oh, oh my separately god! Separately in that like, class, <laughs> but we both Karen would elbow me, and I'd wake up. And of course, we sat in the front because we're good students. Yeah. Well, because we also those are the only I'd places, elbow Karen. Those are the only seats left. Because <laughs> we like so arrived and had to go. But to But we class. were both wide awake when 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 Myra says, "Now don't overblock your, your lace. Just Let it open gently, gently, like you're rolling out <laughs> pie crust." Or and I looked dough. over to Anne, and she is Just rolling her eyes, going, <laughs> "Whatever, you're you great until this moment." <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> Everybody who knows Anne knows that she blocks the bejeebers. Yeah. She blocks it, yeah. max it out, stretch it out. Yep. Yeah. But then I took a lace class later that weekend, and the lace student, like, whose name I can't remember, she was fantastic too. She's like, "Just stretch it." Stretch it real good, or something along those lines. Like, I like, like you. You're my people. <laughs> I like you a lot. That's so funny. <laughs> I like the way you think. Um, After that, we well, did get good sleep, and we yes. you know, we were much oh, better we, students. I think we like slept the sleep of the dead. Um, so well after we had our commute yes it was not bad we stayed in san francisco which was like 40 minutes 45 minutes that first night it took two hours to get there no way it took two hours to I get there i must have been sleeping because <laughs> i was driving <laughs> i woke you when we got to well it took a little bit for me to get around here. the horn we almost didn't make it into the parking structure before they closed <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was like, yeah, how? Um, I don't understand. That was a midweek. It was a Thursday night. What the? It wasn't like there was construction. But oh wait, we digress. Well, that's an interesting. I don't remember that at all. I'm sure I was we asleep. asleep. What a terrible person I am. <laughs> well, you drove most of the way there, you know, minus the, you know, the night. It's my turn. Um, so 
please check out our new patterns on yep. Ravelry. Um, there are three new crochet patterns and three new knitting patterns. You can buy them in a package with the crochet or just the knitting or individually or the whole set. The whole thing. Um, and of course, you will realize some happy, dis you know, value from buying them packaged. Yep. Um, I My two are a stranded hat called Slipped Paths and a shawl called Aonani. That I'm asking right. Karen sort of Anani, because she looked yes, at it I, yes. recently. Yeah, it's A-O-N-A-N-I. Yeah. I can I smell it. It's um, I can't use it in a sentence. That's, it's yeah. beautiful light. Country foraging. What are you offering, Katie? I have a set of three crocheted hats with three different options for ears. So it's adult, child, and baby sizes. You can make a cat, a bunny, although James says it looks like a mouse and I told him he's wrong, or yes, a bear. Um, and those are the Hari Yurui, ha, no, let me start over. Hani Yurui hats. <laughs> H O N Y U R I U. Something like that. It's on Ravelry. <laughs> and um, <laughs> a knitted brioche cowl called Double Warped. And that's what I have. I'm starting my next. Yeah. So I have a shawl that. Um, has five different colors that gradate from light to dark, but it's different than other ombres in the way it's set up. And it's got a mixture of everything. It has half brioche and some garter stitch and two kinds of lace and a really short rows and, and short rows. <laughs> I cord. I applied I cord. It's, it's not I cord. It looks not. like it. It looks like it. It is Ooh. not I cord. It is a slip stitch rib edge. Oh, oh nice. And uh, and it has an increase that maybe I invented it because I have looked and yes. looked. I have never never seen it before. <laughs> it's called a make two. A make one is a lifted increase. And then this one, you lift that strand and then you knit into the front and back of it. So you're making two that didn't exist before. And that is called freesia. And the, it's like the flower, it's one of my favorite flowers in the springtime, has a very short life. My shawl will live a lot longer than the, than the flowers, <laughs> the but they droop and they, I mean, they, they just have this, this night, like a weeping willow kind of droop thing. That's really pretty. And then I have my cowl, which, what did I call it? <laughs> it's my own San Simeon. Simeon Co. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's all new to us. By the time you guys hear this, they'll, they will have been out for a week or two, yeah. I think. So yeah. <laughs> Um, we just named them. <laughs> well, They're I named brand that brand new baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I named that one because it reminded me of a, a trip my husband and I did up the coast for an anniversary, and we went to San Simeon Cove, which is this. Uh, Do you see the elephant seals? Isn't that where they are? No, that's a different place. This is the this is that little beach area that is directly down from Hearst Castle, Ooh. and they have pines that have the light and the dark. <laughs> no, it was foggy. What it's cool always foggy. did you see on that trip, Karen? <laughs> I saw seals. Okay, there you go. <laughs> in the water near our kayaks. Oh, nice. Oh, that sounds okay. exciting. I actually yeah. swam in that water. Have you seen the video without... of the seal throwing a um, octopus at some guy on a kayak? <laughs> <laughs> There's this viral video oh of like a seal popping its head out of the water next to this guy on a kayak and like whipping an octopus at his face. Sorry. <laughs> That just reminded me of that. Oh my gosh. I'll link to the video on the show. I want to know what that guy did to tick that tick him off so badly. Maybe that guy's that animal's just an a hole. Probably. I'm gonna write it down. Seal video so I don't forget. I want to see that. I'll pull it up later. That's hysterical. No, that that water is so so cold. 
um, we went kayaking and before that we actually went swimming in it and it's you usually have to have a wetsuit I didn't have a wetsuit I just had my own suit and you know when you go numb you know hypothermia you don't feel it so bad. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it feels better when it stops hurting so you could have used this cowl to warm yourself up from afterwards uh, I could hypothermia have. when you were in Tanzania <laughs> I could have wrapped it around my foot that got little bits of sea urchin stuck in it oh, no gosh. that's not fun yeah. but you were numb so, so you didn't numb. feel it <laughs> I didn't feel it that's funny I was just so impressed that I went swimming in the, I mean this water is really really cold Um, please remember that we are always looking for questions from you so Mm -hmm. feel free to comment on uh, Instagram Facebook or to email us directly at stringsandthingsinfo at gmail.com if you're listening to this on YouTube you can also leave a comment in the comment section we'll see those too and uh, stay connected thanks for listening also I wanted to say um like us and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because that helps other people find us. If you want to leave us a nice review, we would appreciate that too. Absolutely. Um, other than that, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google, whatever it's called, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, and directly on our website, stringsandthingsstudio.com. And I think that's it. All right. So have an awesome month and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Thanks. Bye.